What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another special pay-per-view point edition of the Smack Talk podcast presented by SmartGalMoment.com. This is the 2016 WWE Cruiserweight Classic Tournament Finals post-show. I'm going to be giving you my thoughts, recapping the event, going down what just happened. We got a new Cruiserweight Champion. We've got our tournament winner. We got some great matches to talk about as well. And before I get started, let me introduce to you who I am. If you don't know, I am Tony Mango, your host, and I am flying solo tonight because, unfortunately, everybody else decided not to watch this show. I don't know. I don't quite get it because these guys missed out on a classic, and it's not just because of the title for it. This was just an amazing show. And really, is that a surprise? We've had this tournament going on for several weeks, and I don't think that there's been a bad match among all the different ones that we've seen here. And we got a couple great ones tonight as well. We're going to break down each match uh, one by one. But uh, the thing I need to start this off with is to just tell you guys, if you have not seen this tournament and you're checking out this post-show, just wondering how the whole thing turned out, maybe you were sort of waiting until the end to see if it would be worth checking out, you have to go check it out. I mean, this is the type of show that all wrestling fans should end up liking. It's what we clamor for i mean it's that got a, less of the uh pomp and circumstance of some of the other things it doesn't obviously have the backstage segments and all that kind of stuff if you're into that for like the normal raw and smackdown and the pay-per-views and stuff but if you're just looking for great wrestling action i mean nxt was killing it for the longest time as being the benchmark in this company for high quality in-ring action and the cruiserweight classic just took it to a whole new level completely usurped that top spot and the same thing carried on tonight so from start to finish this tournament has just been amazing and it even capped off in a great way tonight with who i think should have been the proper winner out of the entire thing based off the past couple of weeks and such uh, I got to know, obviously, more of the people throughout the tournament. I wasn't aware of pretty much anybody going into this tournament, except for Brian Kendrick and Tajiri. And I had heard a couple things here and there about a couple different people. But uh, the, one person stood out to me very early on, and I'm very glad to say that he ended up winning. So uh, I'm not going to necessarily spoil that right now. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But first things first... I want to go back in time and I want to talk about a bunch of different people that had gotten eliminated in the first, second, third, etc. rounds. Um, looking at the list on Wikipedia right now, I'm going by the bracket that's listed there, not necessarily the first match of the tournament, that kind of thing. But we had uh, Kenneth Johnson lose to Akira Tozawa. Now, between the two of them, Tozawa was clearly the one that I was going to be rooting for. I think that Kenneth Johnson is somebody who has a lot of upsides to him, but at the same time, he was just completely blown out of the water by Tozawa to me. I'm very glad that Tozawa is going to be in that cruiserweight division going forward. He was one of my favorite guys that seemed like he had a lot of great energy to him and a cool different personality, different look to him too, kind of standing out. So if you were going to take one of them, and you were going to put them in the division and one of them not, it makes sense that Tuzawa did and Kenneth Johnson didn't. Maybe in the future, Kenneth Johnson does pop up, but he was actually one of my least favorite people in the entire tournament. So out of the 32, he might be number 32. He might be like number 28 or so. I might have to go ahead and do some kind of like a ranking list or something like that. If you're interested in that, leave me a comment below and tell me if you think that I should do like a top rope list or something like that. But uh, Kenneth Johnson towards the bottom, Akira Tuzawa, around maybe the top 10 or so. I actually like that guy quite a bit. 
Now, Jack Gallagher and Fabian Eichner, I liked both these guys, and a lot of people are talking a lot about Jack Gallagher as being one of their favorites. I wouldn't go that far. I think that he's entertaining. I think he's got a different look again to him and a different style, which is pretty interesting. But I think that the Dark Horse guy in here that really should have been given more credit is Eichner. He looked like just a muscle-bound type of uh, powerhouse brute kind of guy that really would have just, you know, wowed everybody in NXT and didn't really seem to fit in here. And to an extent, I think that that might end up actually helping him in the future. I'd like to see Eichner go to NXT in the future instead of just be in the cruiserweight division. But if they sign him in the future, I'll be totally in for that because he did a lot more in this match than I thought that he would have been able to do. Gallagher was surprising as well. He ended up going on losing to Akira Tozawa. So between those two, I was actually rooting for Tozawa there. I was kind of happy about that. Tozawa ended up losing to Grand Metallic, who I'll get to in a little bit when we talk about him later. But we had uh, Tajiri against Damian Slater. I honestly can't remember Damian Slater. So he must not have made that much of an impression. Um, I kind of don't remember him being any sort of like bothersome type of guy because I didn't dislike any of the people that were in here. Uh, a couple of them I could have done without or with some replacements. And I don't remember if Slater was worse or better than uh, the next guy to talk about, Alejandro Saez. Is it Saez or Saez? I think it's Saez. Or maybe it's Saez. I don't know. I started off this tournament originally naming the 32 people and getting probably every single one of their names wrong. Now I actually know the majority of them, so I'm going to give myself credit for at least that. But uh, both Slater and Size, I'm going to call them Size, uh, they were not really the most impressive people out there. Slater, I think, if I remember correctly, I liked better than Alejandro, but um, Damien Slater really is not standing out in my mind. So maybe he's just one of those guys that he was good but not great. Uh, well, you know, toss them out. If you only have room for a certain amount of people, there's plenty of people that had much more impressive runs. So both of them, they can kind of go. Uh, two people that, that I think that they should have gotten some kind of spot are uh, the Bollywood boys, Harv and Gurv Sira. They both lost in the first round. Uh, Harv lost to Drew Gulak, who Gulak I'm not really all that into. I don't understand why he's somebody who has been sticking around all that much. I think that he's kind of overrated a little bit, although you can't really say overrated because not many people are talking about him, but he lasted until the second round where he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. Again, another person I'll talk about later, but I think he should have been taken out in the first round. I don't think that he's really that great. Now, again, he's not bad, but uh, he seemed a little bit weird and... I would have put him towards the, the non-division type of people, so I'm kind of happy that his spot was sort of replaced by somebody else, and if he would have been a part of the division, cool. I mean, these 32 guys, all of them, if they would have been a part of the division, I would have been happy with that, but uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is the one who beat him, and Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Tyson Dukes in the first round, or Tyson Ducks, as I always want to call him. He's somebody who I'd like to see come back. He's not in the division right now, but he was impressive enough for me to be okay with him coming into NXT or the actual main roster Raw Cruiserweight division. Either way, he was cool. He gets a thumbs up from me. But then we had Noam Dar against Gurr Sierra. Again, the Bollywood Boys are a tag team that I think should stick around. And I think that they should either be a tag team on NXT or in the Cruiserweight division. Either one of those, I think, would be very beneficial. They were entertaining enough, and they're a tag team, which makes it so easy to just sort of 
bring them into NXT like Gargano and Ciampa and see how they do. And if they end up catching on, then you give them a contract. If they don't, then you just use them as an enhancement talent. I think that it could go a long way. Noam Dar was somebody who I thought was going to be one of those like first round elimination type of guys, the way that he looked, but he ended up being pretty impressive. And I'm glad that he made it into the third round. I don't know if I were to be really reshaping the tournament, if he would have gotten that far for me, if he would have gotten to just the second round or not. He definitely would have gotten to the second round though. I'm glad to see him a part of the tournament uh, for as much as he was a part of it. He had a match tonight. I'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Lots of stuff coming later on. Because uh, that's when we're going to talk about the finals itself. But Noam Dar is a guy that gets another thumbs up from me. Aria Davari is a guy that I think should be a part of this division going forward. Or, and possibly and or, should be a tag team member of uh, Jinder Mahal and Sean Davari. I think that that could be something interesting going forward. Having a stable of those three to go up against the New Day. Or to just kind of hang around and do their thing. Whether it's the three of them, or it's Sean Daivari and Aria Daivari together, or just Aria Daivari on his own in the Cruiserweight division, or NXT. I'm down with that guy, and I think that he deserves more credit than he should have gotten. I think he should have beaten Ho-Ho Loon. Ho-Ho Loon was not really all that impressive to me. Again, everybody who's on this list was impressive in some way, but when you compare him to some of the other people, I would have definitely given Daivari the win over Ho-Ho Loon. And I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't do that. Maybe it was just sort of like, ah, it doesn't really matter. Let's just flip a coin kind of a thing. But Davari over Ho-Ho Loon is what I would have gone with. And then Davari against Noam Dar or whoever else he would have ended up doing like that. Uh, Raul Mendoza did not stand out to me at all. I don't remember him all that much either. So I can't really talk about him. He's kind of on the same level as Damian Slater where you'd have to show me a picture of them. And even then I might go, yeah, I think he was all right. Brian Kendrick though. I mean, I always liked Brian Kendrick. So uh, we've talked about Brian, uh, Brian Kendrick in the past on Smack Talk and Smart Out Moment when he used to be a part of the main roster. He's a guy that never really should have been a world champion, but he should have been an intercontinental champion. I'm totally up with him being cruiserweight champion in the future. If he be, uh, moves to the main roster as far as like the mid card and stuff. Awesome. He could be a tag team specialist. He can work in NXT. Guy's got a lot of talent and I really, really dug seeing him here. Anthony Bennett is kind of on like the, uh, the edge to me of what I want to see him continue or not. Cause he was a more of a standout than some of the other guys that I mentioned before, like Slater and Mendoza and all that. But really, I don't know that much more. Maybe like the difference between getting a uh, a D and a C minus, where like you're you're sort of passing more, but you're also really not supposed to be that proud of it kind of a thing. Bennett is a guy that I think could be great enhancement talent for NXT. And maybe he would be good in enhancement talent for the Cruiserweight division, but I wouldn't really put a whole lot of faith in him being a star in the future. He's got some pizzazz to him, but Tony Nese, the guy who beat him, he's much better. And I think that Nice is a guy that should just go straight to NXT. Screw the Cruiserweight division. He's good enough on his own to be a separate mid-carder. Sign that guy. I don't know why they haven't already. Uh, Kota Ibushi and uh, Sean Maluda. Sean Maluda does not get talked about at all. And I don't get it. He really impressed me here. 
I mentioned before with the Bollywood boys and Ivari that they should be looking at these people for tag teams and stuff. Sean Maluda put them up with the uh, the Usos. Factor them all in with Tim, uh, Tamina and Naomi and Roman Reigns. Make the big family thing. The Samoan dynasty, whatever you want to call it. Sean Maluda would be a good addition to that, I think. He could be the representative of the cruiserweight division and it'd be a lot of fun. He is somebody who I'm really shocked they did not sign. I don't know why they didn't. Uh, big thumbs up for Sean Maluda. Cedric Alexander, probably the standout guy for me that I did not really know ahead of time, other than uh, TJ Perkins, Kota Ibushi, etc. But Alexander was a guy that I had I had heard about just here and there, but nothing really that big. I mean, it was like Cedric Alexander, he's a good wrestler. Well, friggin' everybody's a good wrestler, depending on some people's point of view. And seeing Cedric Alexander have his match with Kota Ibushi in the second round, one of the best matches of the year. I thought that that was fantastic. Uh, Clement Patois, or Patoit, I think that they called it Patois. It should have been Patois at the very least. Uh, but I noticed that they did actually pronounce his name a couple different times. Maybe it's Clement, maybe it's Clement, maybe it's Patois, maybe it's Patoy, I don't know, or Petiot. But... Uh, again, we're going to go with the thing that I think that it is, Clement Patois. He was another person who didn't really stand out as much. And if I remember correctly, he stood out just a little bit around the, like, the Anthony Bennett level where it, he was good and I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of him, but I was okay with not necessarily seeing him a little bit more. Sort of the same thing with Demac. He was weird, but I kind of liked that he was weird. And he struck me as the type of guy that was like, Easily a top guy on an indie scene, but maybe not fitting WWE, maybe more of a TNA guy. And that's not to, to shit on him. We usually shit on TNA and we say like, you know, well, this guy could be a world champion in TNA, but that doesn't matter and stuff like that. Demac just, he struck me as fitting their mold a little bit better than WWE. But if he comes to WWE, cool. Why not? Uh, maybe drop the Michael Jackson stuff a little bit though. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit weird to look at that now. Uh, Gargano and Ciampa, we've seen them multiple times in NXT. We already know them by now. I don't need to talk about them. Good guys. Mustafa Ali didn't stand out to me all that much either. He was another guy kind of like um, Jason Lee. Take him or leave him. Cool. If they show up, meh. If they don't, you know, they're, it's not going to really uh, hurt my feelings, I guess you could say, if they didn't. But the bigger stars between those two were the ones that beat them. Lince Dorado and Rich Swan. Rich Swan, I think, is a little bit overrated. A lot of people seem to really love that guy, but I don't think that he should have been in the third round. I think that he should have been a second-round elimination, and I would have restructured things a little bit better, maybe had Cedric Alexander beat him for the third-round spot, or Johnny Gargano, or uh, let's see who else. Who else lost? Uh, Lince Dorado. Yeah, Lince Dorado should have uh, beaten Rich Swan instead of vice versa. That would have meant better. Or Tony Knees. Uh, a couple different people here, actually, I would have been cool with. And um, I I liked him, uh, and I think that he's good for the division going forward. He's popular. He's somebody who's interesting. He's in NXT and stuff. So Rich Swan gets a thumbs up, too. Lince Dorado, I think, could be a really, really big star going forward. I think it's weird that they haven't really put him in a division yet, and maybe that means that they're going to try to do more with him as a mid-carder separate from it, which that's a good idea. If he's waiting to get into the division for some kind of like visa issues or whatever, then 
you know, whatever. But as long as they find a spot for him somewhere in uh, WWE, whether it's NXT or the Cruiserweight division or Raw or SmackDown, Lindsay Dorado, definitely somebody who should be good going forward. So that's kind of my thoughts of most of the whole division and the tournament itself. But we need to talk about the finals itself. I know we talked a lot here about what had happened leading up to this point, but our semifinals match that started off tonight's show was Grand Metalik against Zack Sabre Jr. And very shocked to see here, Grand Metalik gets the pin. Uh, There's part of it that actually is not too shocking to me, and that's because we've been hearing that behind the scenes, Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. had not signed deals with WWE. Zack Sabre Jr. was pretty outspoken about how he still had other things that he wanted to take care of, but he hasn't really said what. So I think that this could have been a Zack Sabre Jr. win if he had signed something and they probably waited until the finals, semifinals, to just say, look, we're going to leave it out there in case you end up signing. If not, you're not going to make it to the finals because it doesn't make any sense to bring somebody in the finals that hasn't signed a deal. Grand Metal League, I really kind of don't see why he made it to the finals. And I think that he's a great, third round type of guy, maybe even a second round type of guy, I would have put a couple other people ahead of him in the tournament. So I was shocked to see him beat Zack Sabre Jr., but I was also shocked just that Grand Metallic was going into the finals. Great match, though. No matches in this tournament were bad. So <laughs> Grand Metalik and Zack Sabre Jr. had a, a good match going out there, doing something a little bit different with all the reversals and everything. I mean, we've seen lots of reversals throughout this whole tournament, but this was more of like, let's do Zack Sabre Jr.'s type of thing. So it was good to see that out of uh, Grand Metalik. And after the match, we had uh, the medals were presented to, well, not medals, but he was presented with a medal from William Regal and either Charlie Caruso and uh, Andre DeMarco, or one of them was Dasha Fuentes. Those three women are all beautiful, and I cannot tell them apart. It's really bugging the hell out of me. They all look pretty much exactly the same, and it's like they all came in around somewhat of the same time. So I know Dasha Fuentes is, uh, she's done a little bit more. She's been around a little bit longer, so I can kind of uh, pinpoint her a little bit more, but... I'll be damned if I know which one was talking and which one wasn't uh, for different parts of these. But Caruso and uh, DeMarco, I think, were the ones that were interviewing him, asking him what he thought. He thanked the crowd and all that other kind of stuff. But after that, we had a little promo backstage with Gargano and Ciampa, who I still hate that tag team name that they have, DIY. It just doesn't seem to fit them. Uh, they were talking about how they're going to come for the Revival, and they've got a tag team match later on against Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander. So, talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the other semifinals match was Kota Ibushi against TJ Perkins. Very, 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 very good match. Possibly my second favorite match of this whole tournament. Just so good. I think this should have been the finals. This was the best match of the night, by far, I think. And that's saying a lot, because the other matches were good. And... A lot of people seem to be a little bit upset about Kota Ibushi not getting the win here, but I was rooting for TJ Perkins. I thought that it made a lot more sense for TJ Perkins to get the win because, again, Ibushi has not signed with WWE as far as we're aware. I thought maybe that this could have been the type of thing where we see Ibushi win and then they announce that he's signed, kind of like they're keeping it under wraps a little bit. So it was more of a shock for me to see that he tapped out 
then that he lost. But Ibushi has had a great match every time, and this guy needs to be in WWE. Whether they put him in the Cruiserweight division, or they put him on Raw or SmackDown or NXT, in any capacity, this guy has to be in WWE. He's so fucking good. Perkins, though, he's my boy. Ends up getting the win. Can't be upset about that. The end of the match, he gets uh, awarded his medal, talks about his upcoming match with Grand Metalik, and so on and so forth. Same kind of stuff. Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander talk about being on the same page for their match a little bit later on. Then we had a shot of the crowd, which uh, included Sasha Banks, Callisto, Rich Swan, Jack Gallagher, and Bailey. Sasha Banks not sitting next to Bailey. Those best friends kind of feuding right now, right? That's no, just, you know, the way that they sat them. But uh, cool to see anybody showing up to support those guys. It's always kind of fun to see like who's hanging out in the stands and stuff. We had our bonus match, DIY against Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander. This could have gone either way, but it makes sense a little bit for Gargano and Ciampa to get the win because they are going to be trying to gun for those uh, NXT tag team titles. So why not make them the better tag team? They've been around longer. They've been teaming longer. Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander have incredibly bright futures. A loss here is not going to hurt them whatsoever. They looked good in it too. There was even a point where there was a uh, pinfall that everybody was kind of going like, wait a minute, wasn't that a three? That kind of a thing. So all four guys look good. All four guys talented. All going to kick some serious ass in the cruiserweight division and anything else going forward. Then our tournament finals. We have Grand Metalik against TJ Perkins. And before the match starts, Triple H comes out. He announces that the winner is not only going to be walking away with those medals and the Cruiserweight Classic Trophy, but he's also going to be crowned the new Cruiserweight Champion. And he brings out the belt, which... Ah, uh, the belt. <laughs> you guys have known by now that I do not like this new philosophy that they've been doing lately where they've been doing these different colored straps. I think that they all look worse than if you would have had a black strap and you would have taken those colors and made them different accents. Like that Universal Championship, man... If you put the background behind the W as red and you keep that black underline instead of the red underline for the W and you put a black strap on the outside, that is the best looking championship in the company. The same applies to everything else for the most part. I don't like those tag titles being the blue background with the uh, silver plating. It just seems kind of cheap. I want the... Uh, I like I'm okay with the colors of the brand being in the background or something like that. Like I think if you have that uh that background behind the W that's blue in the SmackDown women's title, if that was blue for all of the SmackDown championships in whatever capacity it was, like the uh I still think the Spartan heads are stupid, but if you have like the head and the lettering be either silver or bronze or gold for the tag team titles and the backing behind that is blue to match SmackDown, that would be so much better. And you put that on a black strap. So the same thing kind of applies here. This is a purple strap with a silver set of uh, medals or is that what you call them? Medals? Plaques? Whatever. The actual metal part. Uh, that thing is all silver and I think that it would pop so much more if you had a black strap and the the 
WWE logo was the regular WWE logo, but maybe the underline was purple and the backing was purple, or the underline was black and the backing was black, that kind of a thing, but the W being silver and, oh, shit, maybe even the W being gold. I don't know. Maybe I'll mock something up. I don't know. But the championship fits the way that they've been doing the belts. If you like those, you're going to like it. I think that it looks a little cheap because of the purple strap. Whatever. It's cool to see that we have a new Cruiserweight Championship belt, though. And even though I don't like the idea that we have this separate division to begin with, you know, you, you kind of can't argue with success. This has been a fantastic tournament. The belt's a little ugly, but... It's going to give us some great action. So if I got to take a stupid looking belt and I got to take a separation of how it doesn't make any sense that we've got cruiserweights fighting for the heavyweight title and all that kind of stuff, I'll suspend my disbelief and I'll say, fuck it, just give me the tournament and give me the matches and I'll just ignore that kind of stuff. But our finals was Perkins against Metallic. Perkins gets the win. Great match, great ending to the match too. Good story being told with Metallic's leg being the big fault for the end here. And that's why he ends up tapping out. Perkins gets this big rousing uh, success. He doesn't get success, that doesn't make any sense. He gets this uh, rousing applause from the crowd for his success is what I meant to say. And uh, it seems like they kind of turned from booing him a little bit, from beating Abushi to accepting him as the champion He's got a good look to him. He speaks well, at least better than what I just did a minute ago when I was botching that. He's got a good attitude to him. He's got a good story behind him. He's young. It's There's so many positives to TJ Perkins. The guy's fluid in the ring. And there's something else before I finish talking about this that I want to mention, and that is Grand Metallic's chop. Holy shit, man. That must be the most vicious... Uh, slap that I've seen in God knows how long. And when it happened during the match, I mean, that pop was deafening. It happened another time later on that wasn't just quite as much, but it was still loud as all hell. And by the time he's cutting the promo afterward about, you know, like you fulfilling his dreams and all that other kind of stuff, thanking everybody for supporting him and all that stuff. You could see just this huge bruise over his left uh, side of his chest, the uh, upper torso, right around his shoulder, all the way down is just this like nasty looking bruise. God damn, is that going to hurt tomorrow? So Perkins for being able to put up with that alone, hats off to you, man. That's fucking Jesus Christ. If somebody slapped me that hard, I'd be crying my eyes out probably, but I am a huge fan of TJ Perkins. He's on my list for potential best newcomer of the year. Lots, I mean, we got so many new people this year. It's kind of ridiculous to try to pick who's going to end up beating TJ Perkins. It's like this guy or that guy or that guy or that guy. They're all so good, but TJ Perkins is up there. He might be my pick. I don't know. It's kind of tough, Um, but he deserves it. I think that he is a great choice for the Cruiserweight Championship. I think he's a great choice for the Cruiserweight Classic winner. This tournament was fantastic. I'm without a doubt supportive of everything that they've got going forward between any of these ideas outside of Raw and SmackDown that Triple H is doing. That guy is just proving time and time again that he knows what to do. And I don't know if it's some kind of a problem with the writers on Raw and SmackDown or if it's Vince McMahon and 
the fact that he doesn't have as much oversight over these things, like the Cruiserweight Classic and NXT, he's not getting in the way. But God damn it, man, we have NXT is just doing so well with such little at times, too. And the Cruiserweight Classic, majority of the people, 30 out of 32, essentially, are supposed to be unknown from the WWE audience for the most part. And these guys are all stars now. Well, except for like, uh, you know, nobody gives a shit about uh, the Damien Slaters and stuff. Uh, but rousing success, awesome tournament, start to finish. 32 guys that really could be brought in and just bulk up that roster at any time. I'm really curious to see what they do next year. If this is going to be a separate special running week to week like they did this time, or maybe they're going to incorporate it more with matches on Raw who are going to be the new people too. That's another thing. But I think that this whole thing gets a huge, huge thumbs up. Can't say enough praise about it. And I want to know what you guys have to say, not just about the finals, but about the tournament as well in its entirety. So leave your comments below. Tell me what you thought about this. Who were some of your favorites of the tournament? Who did you not like as much? What do you think about TJ Perkins being our new cruiserweight champion? What do you think about the belt? What would you do if you got slapped that damn hard <laughs> kind of stuff? Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And make sure you hit this with that thumbs up button on YouTube if you're listening to it there. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher, hi. <laughs> Can't really do anything. But uh, thank you all for listening to this post show. We've got more content coming up your way whenever it's coming up. So just stay tuned to SmartCountMoment.com, the YouTube channel, the iTunes feed, the Stitcher feed, wherever you're listening and checking us out, everybody. Thank you all again. I am Tony Mango. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out. Ah!